We are Marquette. 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 We My name is Jay Banks. I'm a 2018 graduate of Marquette University. I was a biology major. I'm an artist by the name of Erosh Mantis, and I am currently in the United States Army. I always kind of think that's an interesting question, balancing ROTC in school. Um, I don't really know what it's like to go to college without ROTC. So it's, it's always been there since the day I stepped on campus. I actually was doing ROTC before academics started. So it was kind of like... Actually, ROTC, I feel in a way, helped me academically because we, and um, here at Marquette for ROTC, we do this thing that's called academic families. So everybody that's a bio major gets put into a, like a family together. So when I was a freshman, I knew the seniors that were bio majors and the juniors and the sophomores and the same thing with engineers and business majors and stuff like that. So you always have somebody there that's taking the classes you've taken or who's gone through the same professors that you've gone through. So it's kind of just like a support system that you have built in right when you step on campus. So I don't really think it's a struggle because, again, I've had help when I needed help. Um, only only thing is, is like you're awake before your 8 a.m. class starts. So it's not a struggle to get out of bed in the morning. This past May, I commissioned as a second lieutenant in the United States Army. Actually, in about 30 days, I'll be headed to an Army base down in Missouri for active duty Army. And then I'll be in Missouri for about four months training to be a chemical officer. So Kim Corps, our, our mission pretty much is to defend against chemical, biological, nuclear, and radiological warfare or hazards. Essentially, if there's chemical spills or all-out nuclear warfare, I'll be, I'll be there ready to go. And then after I finish the training there, I'll be headed overseas. I joined a combat support branch that actually helps defend against something rather than being the cause of something or having to do something that's not really defense. I received the Undergraduate Biological Research Award for the for the bio department here at Marquette. Again, it was for the research I did on sex determination mechanisms in not only snakes but chameleons. So for the snakes projects, I studied boa constrictors, pythons, which actually the research I did overturned 50 years of knowledge. I guess so it was orthodoxy starting in 1960s that it was 1960 was put out that a certain all snakes had this certain sex determination mechanisms but through my research we realized that that was actually false and we overturned again 50 years of knowledge that was like passed on for generations generations and then with my chameleon research we identified sex determination mechanisms that weren't known yet so that's kind of stepping into that that field of the chameleons and then I also worked on a project that identified a new hybridized species of snakes here in the United States so two different species of snakes were coming together and making a brand new type of snake here in the United States so we have the actual research lab in the weird life sciences building here at Marquette University and then a couple floors above our research lab we have a room we call the lizard room which has hundreds and hundreds of geckos and 
some chameleons and I tried to count one time and I lost count around 300 lizards up there. For my research with the with my chameleon project, we actually I did handle chameleons. Um, but for the snakes, I just handled either clippings, like tail clippings or shed skins. So I didn't actually get to handle the snakes for my research. And at home, I still have my very first pet I've ever got, which was in first grade. And it's a box turtle named Jordan. When I was, what, five, six years old, my I begged my mom for a turtle. She got me a turtle. Since then, I've had lizards, snakes, tons of frogs. And I've always been into herpetology, which is reptiles and amphibians. So, again, that's a big reason why I jumped on the opportunity to do research in Dr. Gamble's lab, because he is a herpetologist. In terms of art, I go by the name Eroche Mantis, which is E-R-O-S-H, and then Mantis, M-A-N-T-I-S, Eroche Mantis. I put an underscore in between their Instagram name, the little plug. So, my artwork has been shown, I guess, here in Milwaukee now, because it's hanging on Marquette's campus. Um, in the suburbs of Chicago, I've had art hanging in the suburbs. And then I've been a part of a few shows down in Chicago. My art is multimedia dealing with my main source of material is recycled materials, which is usually cardboard and paperboard, which is the stuff that cereal boxes is made out of. And when you see my art, though, it, you won't actually know that that's the material it's made out of like if you ever make your way to the provost's office here in zilver hall you'll be able to see the artwork and you won't be able to tell that it's cardboard or anything like that and that's kind of like the purpose of it i've been doing art out of this material since i was in seventh or eighth grade so it's kind of developed like greatly from where i started like i'm wearing something i made right now it's a rabbit's head it's one of the themes that appear in my artwork a lot but yeah my art is very you won't be able to see anything else like it if you saw it. Um, again, you won't know what it is, but once you do know what it is, it kind of it kind of amazes people. It amazes myself because using this paperboard material or cardboard material, I'm able to create like a wood feel to the artwork as like in density. Like you can knock on it and it sounds and feels just like wood. You can saw through it, cut it, and I make sure everything I do is handmade, handcrafted. I'm not. I kind of feel guilty if I don't do something myself in a way with all of my artwork no matter how long it takes me how big it is I feel like I have to sit there make stencils cut every piece out with my hand paste glue everything together sand cut everything everything by myself or I feel like it's not mine in a way no that's no shade at like other artists who have support and help because I definitely see the need if I which I do plan on becoming a full-time artist in the next 10 years during and after my Army commitment. I do see the possibility of like having other people involved in the artwork, but as it stands right now, I feel like everything I do has to be done in a specific way, even if it takes me hours and hours and hours and months to create. But, yeah. I came to that name again when I was in about seventh grade and that name Mantis is actually the name of a fictional country so just stick with me for a second so it's a it's a country that I created in about seventh or eighth grade that actually went along with a short story for a short story competition I was in in middle school and essentially I'm not going to get into all the details of the island and everything that happens there but there's a few characters, few main characters on this island that go through some struggles on this island. And 
essentially at the end of this story there's a torch with a flame and the torch was called or the story and the story was called torch of mantis so this torch had themes and colors on it that i kind of carried over and i made a flag for this country and i made an entire coat of arms for this country and it was like very elaborate and this is again seventh grade me and i kind of took the center shield part of that coat of arms and i just started recreating it like over and over and over so i have like my old art hanging in my room i have the very first shield i made out of cardboard hanging in my room and i just i guess it started with me being 13 years old not having money but having like a cereal box laying around that i can just like cut up and make into the design that i really like this symmetrical design and from there starting that when i was like 13 i just like you always have cereal boxes or like some type of material like that or cardboard boxes. So I just like kept collecting and collecting it. And it's not like a hoarder type deal. I'm not like a hoarder, but um, I collect it because I know it's materials. And I always tell myself, like, I can never run out of materials that people throw away. So, like, I always make sure I keep everything that people throw away to reuse to to like turn into something else. Like one man's trash is another man's treasure. And whenever I see cardboard, I don't really see, like, trash. I actually see, like, money when I look at it. So when people are throwing it away, I'm like, even here at school, like, ROTC stuff, people throwing away cardboard boxes, I'm usually like, no, like, I need that for my work. So this idea of this shield, this crest from Mantis, this idea of protection and defense, whether it's protecting from someone else or protecting yourself or defending from someone else or defending from yourself, it's just ideas that go around in my head, and that's where these shields like these recurring shields come. And also on this island of Mantis, we have this character called Ray, which takes the form of a rabbit or elephant. So if people have seen my art or on Instagram or Facebook, anywhere you've seen my art hanging, you might see a recurring theme of this rabbit head or this bunny, like the one I'm wearing today. And that kind of represents um, an overwatching creature or being that's always there on the island of mantis which again i feel like this island of mantis can be considered my happy place or the place in my head where like you go where you're stressed out or something like that so all of my art is derived out of this place or this message of defense and protection or always being watched someone someone who knows who you are that's always watching over you and it's these themes i like to put in my art and again it's like it can be a lot more complex than that that's kind of just like the simple breakdown of where I draw inspiration. My inspiration comes from internally in this this place, this idea called Mantis. I made a friend, his name's Ryan Brelli. He's he's gonna be here at Marquette for another semester. And so he and I he well, he was the only other person at Marquette I really knew that was into art like I was. And I met him in Schrader Hall sophomore year. So we kinda built a friendship based off of art and our shared love of creating and fast forward to junior year he and I started discussing of doing an art show together our mediums are kind of different he's a photographer and I'm a multimedia artist but we wanted to create a show together and Ryan's white and I'm black so it was kind of just like we both saw this thing going on on Marquette's campus on and around Marquette's campus and we decided that the topic we needed to tackle was the lack of diversity on and around Marquette's campus he and I decided to, we decided that we wanted to have a show on Marquette's campus and try to inv- 
get approval from Marquette to show it maybe in the AMU or an academic building or something like that. We're just looking for options of where we can have this art exhibition with, again, my multimedia art and his photography. And so we ended up contacting the Center of Intercultural Engagement and not necessarily for help on the project, but more of contact information, like who we can contact to maybe possibly get this the ball rolling on our art show. And it turned out that they were trying to start a campaign called I2MMU, which was a campaign that kind of was going alongside of Marquette's campaign, We Are Marquette. And But the I2MU campaign was to try to highlight the minority marginalized student body population, not only in minority, not only in race, but sexuality, experience, everything like that on Marquette's campus. So me and Ryan took it over. And again, this wasn't for credit. It wasn't for a class. It wasn't for anything like that. It was just me and Ryan wanted, wanting to do this in our free time. And it turned into a three-part project of film, film documentary called We Are Marquette, a photo essay series that Ryan did, and an art piece project that represented the entire pro- project that I did myself. So pretty much we had a series of questions. The first question really being is, how would you describe your experience at Marquette University? How does it feel to be a minority student on Marquette's campus? Do you feel Marquette administration or faculty staff supports you? How do you feel around your peers at Marquette, like your classroom experience, things like that? And it kind of turned into, each interview kind of turned into like a real conversation where we wanted to encourage everybody to be open and as honest as possible with their experience on Marquette, not kind of sugarcoated, because we want to make sure that this remained a student project and not anything that was being oversaw by any administration or faculty member or anything like that. And then for the photo essay, we had a couple more students or several more students than we had in the actual documentary. Their photos were taken in black and white. And along and Ryan also collected a statement from each participant on their experience at Marquette University. Anything they feel represented their experience, whether it was like a paragraph, one sentence, anything like that. And then my art piece was also in this gray, black and white tone. So then the black and white tones of the photo and the art piece series was to represent that this whole entire process isn't a black and white topic, it is a black and white issue. There's more to it than what meets the eye, right? Race and lack of diversity on Marquette's campus can't really be seen if you're just looking from the outside. But if you get a little deeper and be able to see, then you'll be able to realize that there is something actually going on on this campus that needs to be said or needs to be brought to the forefront. And that was the message behind my art piece as well. Essentially, I had a crest with the Marquette logo, the Marquette Hall logo, and it said Marquette University, and it was surrounded by a brick outlay. And this is a hanging wall piece. It's fairly large. And on beneath the the outer layer of the, the, the art piece, like the, lay, the top layer of paint beneath it, it's tagged with the words I2MMU and graffiti-style tagging. Again, that's just to say that there's voices in Marquette that are trying to be heard that aren't being heard from the outside. And the tagging was covered up, and it has this stone look to the entire piece, which is to say that Marquette University has been around for over 100 years, and it has this stone, rock-solid image that it keeps up, and you won't be able to tell that there's maybe cracks in the foundation if you don't get close enough to see. And on each brick, which makes, there's probably maybe anywhere from 50 to 100 bricks, like bricks on this piece, and 
on several of the bricks, the words I too are written on it, but you can't see it unless you get up pretty close. And usually when people see the art piece, I had to point it out to them because they can't really see it from the outside. That piece was actually recently bought by the provost of Marquette University, and it's hanging in his office. So that's something that he felt was powerful and he enjoyed the piece enough to want to actually purchase it and hang it in his office, be able to view daily and to have anybody who comes to his office, this area will be able to see the art piece. And going back to the documentary, the official premiere, we had about 200 people in attendance, including the provost and the president of the university and a couple other administrators. And so me and Ryan opened up the premiere of the, the video explaining the photo essays, which were hanging in the hallway outside of the, the video room. And my art piece was there as well. And I explained it to everybody that was there. And then we watched the documentary at the end of the film, the provost or president didn't know about this. The students didn't know about this, but we allowed the students to speak or voice any opinions, any comments, ask questions, anything they wanted to say to the provost, the president and administration. We allowed them the opportunity to speak straight to them. And we kind of started this dialogue that was filled with emotions and anger and Every tears, happiness, everything you can possibly imagine happened in this room as the students and the provost and president spoke back and forth about the issues that they felt were covered in the video and that were not covered in the video and things that they felt needed to be said straight to the president and provost to their faces. And after this dialogue happened, the provost, the president came to the conclusion that the video was so powerful that they wanted to obtain the video for themselves to put it into Marquette's official library. And I was actually speaking to the provost yesterday and he was telling me that every chair, department chair and head of department will be required to watch our film at the beginning of the academic year because he felt it, it was a message and topic that needed to be said that isn't usually talked about at Marquette. And he wants every department chair to be able to see the film and understand and realize what's actually going on in the eyes of the students or minority students here on Marquette's campus.